Welcome, everybody, to the Kona Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Gosh, I got a treat for you today. Uh, his name is Dr. Mike Robbins. Gosh, um, I had a wonderful conversation with Dr. Robbins. He is a boarded nutritionist and generally delightful person. We do a How Do You Treat That episode. I talked to him uh, quite frankly and vulnerably about the difficulty of getting pet owners to buy into doing something about their slightly overweight dog. And some of it is just uh, making time in the exam room to have the conversation. Part of it is, you know, trying to keep things in proportion about what we're recommending and how hard we push things. And I just, I needed his insight on kind of how to think about these things. And then also what, what's effective in getting people to say, oh, I know this isn't obesity, but we really need to get on this and make some changes. And I've, I've always found that to be a hard conversational balance. And um, man, really good insight. A lot to think about here. This is a super practical, useful episode. Thank you to Hills Pet Nutrition for making this episode possible ad-free. Um, I hope you guys love what, uh, what we got for you. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome to the show, Mike Robbins. I really appreciate you being here. Of course, Andy. This is uh, this is amazing. Um, you know, I, I've I've heard I've heard of of you. I've seen some of your clips, like on Facebook and stuff. This is like sort of like starstruck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. I, I, I really appreciate Well, I appreciate that. You make my day. Well, listen, so you're here. You are a uh, boarded veterinary nutritionist. Uh, you are the manager of the U.S. education for Hills uh, Pet Nutrition. And yeah. uh, you're a genuinely wonderful, nice, engaging, charismatic guy. And I have a nutrition question. Oh, my God. Well, for, thank you for flattering me on that, too. I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, nutrition question. let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right. So uh, so we're going to play. How do you treat that? And this is the thing where I tell you about a problem that I have and you help me solve it. All right. All right so here's what I got. Uh, I know, I, I'm just going to be real vulnerable here because I know that. Um, you know, everybody likes to sort of flex and be like, oh, nutrition conversations. I got this. I do this all day long. I also talk about nutrition all day long. It doesn't mean I'm particularly great at it. And it doesn't mean that I don't run into brick walls. And so I am having a bit of a, I'm wrestling a bit. Okay. And, and I'll tell you this, in the exam room, I struggle with the BCS seven of nine dogs. And, um, and the reason is because I do this math in my head. So I'm in there and I'm trying to figure out this, this pet, I need to, I, I need to talk to them about the weight of their pet, right? They are, they are over ideal. I know that they're in a place where this is having negative health consequences. Mm -hmm. It's also, I'm also doing all the other things I'm doing in the exam room. And I struggle to have a productive conversation and they'll go, well, is, is he obese? And I'm like, well, no, he's not obese, but, but he's also not really where he needs to be. Yeah. And so I want to talk to you about, about the BCS seven of nine dog and having good action oriented conversations with pet owners that are actually going to get me somewhere. Cause I feel like, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who sees these dogs kind of lets them slide a bit. And then ultimately when they're an eight of nine, that's when I'm having the conversation. And as someone who's now squarely in the middle of his forties, um, as I have gotten older, 
it's a whole lot easier to try to fix things before they get out of hand uh, mm-hmm. in my body because it takes a lot more work later on. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, the, the whole reactive before or proactive before being reactive. And, and I mean, technically, if they're at a seven out of nine, we should have been having the conversation even prior. Um, yeah, yeah. I do realize it does it does get it does it get difficult when you when you're in general practice or whatnot, and you have what, like a, a 20 minute appointment that you're probably already maybe five minutes late to from the last appointment that ran over. And yeah, that that's a great, um, very real, realistic question. Even yeah. like, even like six out of nine, you know, what I, mean? I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, is it's, you know, you, there's that you're running your hand over the pet. They don't have the little tuck to their waist. They used to, there's a little bit of layer you have to press through to feel their ribs. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but again, they, so, so here's a specific case. Let, let me let me give you some specifics. As we get into this, so I have a four year old female spayed Labrador Retriever named Sadie, mm. and Sadie is in love with life. Uh, she, <laughs> you know, like she's not laying around. She is a she is a super happy. You know, that tail just swings around, reaping destruction on anything on the coffee table. You know, she. <laughs> She's, 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 she thumps against your knee, you know, as she wags. Happily. Yeah. You have this, this common bruise on your knee. You're like, where does this mm-hmm. bruise keep coming from? Oh yeah. It's my yeah, dog. That's where she, that, exactly right. That's where she positions herself yeah. and she just shares her love with you. And so, so, so that's her. So her owners are empty nesters. They're probably about 60, you know, late fifties, early sixties. The kids are gone to college. Uh, Sadie is their friend and companion. They're not, you know, they're not, they're not, marathon runners they're not you know they're, they're just kind of normal people you get the you get the idea they kind of put around the house a bit um kind of laid back enjoying enjoying uh you know coming up on retirement that that's where they are and so whenever i bring up sadie's weight i get this sort of soft pushback you know of but she's so happy and but she needs her treats it's what it's what we do and i feel kind of like a jerk you know, to be like, I know you love this and this makes you happy and her happy. So I'm trying to, I, I need to gracefully crack this conversation open and I'm, I'm struggling a bit with that. So can you, can, I'm just going to hand it to you at this point and say that that's what I got. That's where I am. How, how do you treat that? Yeah. How do you try amongst all the other stuff? Right. Yeah. That is, yeah. that's definitely, I, I can, I can definitely empathize. That's a difficult conversation. And you know, I the way I would start talking about it, like let's let's assume that the conversation has already sort of come up. Like you've reached, you know, um, Sadie's weights, and then they're they're giving maybe a little bit of pushback about the treats and whatnot. And and you know, where where I really, really like to start, especially with um people who have such a connection, like this this emotional bond with their animals, is I really like to go back to that longevity study that um, was done in labs. And that's, yeah. uh, I mean, that, that's great that Sadie is a lab too. So so you can look at this and, and you say, um, you look at the study where really all they did was control the amount of food that these animals mm-hmm. got. And these animals that were on the four, four and a half, I know you're not really supposed to split the nine scale into halves and whatnot, but, but like the four, we'll just say four, I should do that. I should, I shouldn't <laughs> practice what I preach. <laughs> so I should, I should practice what I preach. But like these it four, it doesn't matter how many, how many numbers we give to vets. They're always going to yeah, split absolutely. it. Like if, if, we had a, if we had an 18 point scale, you would still get <laughs> nine and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we have like this four, four out of nine and they lived two years on average, two years longer, nothing but controlling their weight. And yeah. and that's compared to not an eight out of nine, that is compared to like those six, seven out of nines. That's what that that's what that study showed. So even these, 
even these, I, I'm not even going to call them necessarily obese because obese starts to hit at about the seven, eight out of nine. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just considered sort of overweight. So there is technically a, a, um, a definition of overweight versus obese. And, um, and, and it really just depends on the amount of body fat that is that the animal, the extra body fat that the animal's carrying around with them, the extra weight that they're carrying around with them. So the, these six out of nine, seven out of nines, again, aren't necessarily obese, but they're overweight. But we know that, as we mentioned, they live longer um, if you keep them, if you keep them uh, skinnier and they have less health problems that come along. Um, uh, and you can offset that by years. I think it's two years for comorbidities um, uh, and then three years for um, succumbing to arthritis are these Wait, unpack that i mean what, what do you what do you mean when you say that uh, like, when, when i say the comorbidities like they they tend yeah, to yeah like like in offsetting years what, what do you uh, help me understand that yeah so so the animals that were the the heavier set animals the ones that were free fed um ended up being diagnosed with these with comorbidities or i guess i, sh- I shouldn't say comorbidities because that's just that's to say that um that they necessarily had something first starting out um, but they, they, they were diagnosed with long-term conditions, potentially, um, osteoarthritis. So, um, that mm-hmm. started three years later in the, in the lean dogs compared to the overweight dogs, um, gotcha. other conditions like dermatological conditions, um, uh, urinary tract, uh, problems, um, respiratory concerns. So just a, a lot of different sort of health concerns started, um, earlier on in the overweight animals gotcha. compared. So so we're keeping these animals. It, it's really, it's it's crazy that we can prevent a lot of health con- concerns and a lot of other conversations down the road if we start this conversation early. So again, I, I guess I haven't quite said exactly how to uh, address these owners, but I still want to just uh, it, highlight the importance of, of us needing to still have these conversations with them. Yeah. Well, there's, um, there's two, there's two pieces, I guess, and what you're sort of saying to yeah. me is, is one of them is we're, we're, the, the case I gave you is we're in a bit of a hole and I still want, I still want to do that, yeah. but I also want to dig in with you a little bit of how do we, how do we, are there things we can do to not getting into this hole in the first place? And that's the easiest yeah, uh, yeah, solution. Yeah. Right? Not, not digging a hole. And I think that goes back to us having conversations, us as veterinarians and, and technicians and nurses having conversations with owners when their pets are at ideal weight. And just, and, and, cause I think we forget to coach them on that too. We still need to coach them when they're doing well, praise them when they're doing well, um, still get information, making sure that they're not like increasing treats or whatnot, or, and and still asking about activity levels. So that's, that's still really important. Even if an animal comes in and is, is ideal weight is not overweight or obese. We need to really solidify this with the owners and make them feel good about having a, a healthy weight pet. Um, so that's, that's how I would try and uh, I guess avoid getting to this point in the first place is, is really these is, is paying attention to, um, a situation when we don't have a problem. It's not a problem yet, but that's, that's what we want to avoid. What exactly do you say to those people? So, so I've got, so let's, let's take Sadie and let's go back to, she's, she's two years old, Mm -hmm. uh, in our time machine and she's a BCS five of nine and she's happy and she's active. Uh, yeah. So how, in our time machine, what do I do with this dog that doesn't have a weight problem that's going to save me this effort later on? So help me, help me with the wording of that. Like, what exactly do I say? What exactly do I do to, yeah. to positively reinforce where they are right now? Yeah, I, so I, you know, maybe even, let's, let's pretend that this is the yearly appointment, lab work has come back fine. So, so there's nothing else to have a conversation really about. This is, this is a really positive yearly annual exam. Um, I like to, you know, at the sort of the very end, I know I'm, I'm nutrition focused, so that <laughs> might be a little biased, but it's as they're going out the door sort of thing. I like to 
um, or, or the last part of the appointment. And I say, you know, I, uh, let's just talk about, um, let's talk about Sadie's weight and how Sadie's doing at home with eating. Um, and I feel like usually when you breach that conversation, owners start, start to recoil because when you always start it with, let's talk about weight, they think yep. they're going to get something negative. And then you pop in with, you're doing an awesome job. Sadie is looking great. We know that these healthy, you, you talk about, you praise them for what they're doing. You praise Sadie because, you know, they love Sadie. <laughs> and, and that helps build your relationship with Sadie regardless is just giving positive praise. Mm-hmm. Um, you you talk still about the food that they're feeding. Hey, what, what are you feeding? How much are you feeding? How are treats going with Sadie? Because we still, you're doing a great job now. And we want to make sure that when I see Sadie, when Sadie comes back at three years old, that Sadie isn't overweight because we know that um, being overweight can predispose to a lot of other health conditions down the road and can shorten their lifespan. We, I want to keep Sadie with you as long as possible. And you guys are doing great now. So let's, um, let's make sure that we continue to do great from now on. Yeah. You know, when I do exam room training with doctors, uh, there's a couple things that are pretty scientifically proven, well, well researched and backed up that, mm-hmm. that help build trust in people and being complimentary of people builds trust. Like we all like to feel praised and mm-hmm. feel that we're being told that we're doing a good job. It's like if someone's always telling you, oh, you should do this differently or you should really buy this or you should really let us do this service, uh, that doesn't help trust. Saying things like, oh, you, this is perfect. You're doing a wonderful job here. It, it sounds simplistic, but those are the building blocks that we that we build relationships on. What, uh, it, you know, as you're sort of saying this too, um, I always try to be complimentary. It strikes me that this would be an ideal conversation for the nurses, the vet techs to be having as as well. I mean, it's something in their repertoire that they can do to help build relationships and um, and to support, you know, support recommendations. But yeah, talk to me about leveraging technicians in in nutritional assessments like this. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, what, what I will say is uh, by no means do I think we need to be diminishing our techs and our nurses. We need to be supporting oh, no. them more and, and they, we need to be giving them some some more, um, I guess, some level of autonomy to, to manage some of these cases like this. But I also don't want to um, forget about the pet owner's perception of a doctor praising them. Because I think so, so so we still so whether or not, you know, the doctor doesn't need to go through all the things like the what are we feeding and whatnot. I think the doctor still needs to praise, though, that that needs to still happen because that relationship still needs to be built. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I think also in, in the modern media world that we live in, where they're getting messaging 24-7 from, from every different place, mm-hmm. I really think that doctors and technicians deliveraging, deliver, <laughs> deliveraging, delivering <laughs> the, 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 same, the same message, um, I think that's super important, right? I mean, they need to hear a consistent message from us, from multiple people on our team. We're all in, in lockstep. This is what we need to do, or this is what we believe in, or this is what is important. And so I I, I think that it's not to take it away and say the doctor should do this. I, I think it's more important than ever that the technicians deliver a message that the doctors reinforce. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I will. I support you 100% on that. Um, so yeah, so, so not forgetting again, oh, that necessarily what the, what the doctor, uh, that the doctor needs to give praise. How do you leverage veterinary, the veter- the rest of the veterinary team, um, to help you out with that? And personally, the way, um, I, I like to do it because I think weight loss can be a little nuanced, um, and just the weight conversations can be a little nuanced. And again, especially when you get into the heavier set animals, then you we're, let's not even talk yeah. about necessarily bringing sure. in an overweight person, bringing in an overweight pet in, um, I think having a 
a dedicated team member, one or two dedicated team members, whether that, I, you know, in my personal opinion, I think it's great to have a dedicated doctor and a dedicated nurse or technician. So you have both in case the conversations get a little difficult. So maybe if the if the nurse needs to say, hey, I need a little bit of help here, they can tag in a doctor who can come in um, yeah. who's good with that. So I think having dedicated team members is, is probably the first and foremost step because that shows um, to clients, A, that you have this sort of specialized person you you're you you as 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 the clinic as the doctor um as this business know that this is important and you're set, putting someone aside who is specially dedicated to this so i think that i think that's positive that's sort of a positive look in in pet owners eyes um yeah. and then it also just i think makes it a lot easier to delegate um who is expected to do what in the vet clinic so if appointments are getting really busy or something you don't have to try you know who you need to go to and try and prioritize to get into the room to talk to the owners positively um or or constructively whatever that may be well, we know that one of the keys in retaining staff is them seeing themselves in the future and feeling like they're, they're being developed and they're getting to do new things and, and flex new muscles and build new skills. And so, yeah, I, these are the types of, of positions that honestly are very attractive and that let people do new things and they should be compensated for their knowledge and for what they bring to the practice. And so I, I, I really like uh, I really like those types of investment in the staff. And I, I've seen that work really well in, in hospitals. And uh, yeah, and, and I think that that's a that's a fabulous idea that I will admit I didn't necessarily even, even think about. So, um, new oh, yeah. doctor here learning things on the podcast too. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, no, it's true. I mean, it feels good. It feels good as a technician to to have an area of expertise, and people are like, "Yeah, this is this is what uh, this is what he does," or "This is you know uh, this is what Andy's really really." really strong in and especially you back them up with resources you have uh, ongoing training you get them continuing education that that fits into this area of expertise and specialty and then you leverage them you know and, and you you figure out how to charge effectively for their time to pet owners and 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 everybody benefits and it's it's a you know we we all want to practice at uh at an appropriate skill and challenge level you mm -hmm. know what i mean like we want to do hard things I, I really think that most of us enjoy that we just want to be prepared for them and feel like we're set up for success and so I, I i this is a program that i saw uh years ago when uh vet practices would start doing nutrition advocates and nutrition experts in the in the paraprofessionals and it's it has always made a ton of sense to me yeah, definitely. And and I'll even plug a resource um, here yeah. uh, or, or not necessarily. Yeah, I guess a resource. So um, there are if you have technicians or nurses, you know, who want to know more of the I guess the technical aspects of it or what to potentially do in rooms. Excuse me. <clears throat> there are just just as with um, specialist doctors there, you know, there are specialty nurses and veterinary technician programs. And there is one for for nutrition. So they could definitely reach out to um, um, that specialty program. And I would, I, I, I blinking now, um, what website that is to get onto that, especially now that the ACBN has changed. So our, our yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's also added. I'll get you that resource if you yeah, need yeah. to. We'll, we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Cause I'm not sure what's changed with that. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's, that's, I think that's, uh, as, as you mentioned, you know, leveraging your team and getting someone who's dedicated is, is, is really, really helpful. They're going to know again. They're going to know where the resources are to utilize um, and have effective conversations. And, and I think that also a makes conversations more efficient, yeah. <laughs> which is what we all efficiency is really what that's the name of the game in general practice. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Having uh, having this conversation set up and the doctor can come through. It's, it's a whole lot easier to reinforce mm -hmm. than it is to introduce a new idea and a new concept. Yes. Definitely. You know, it's it's say, hey, I, I know that. Um, 
I know that Kayla talked to you about this and I just wanted to, to follow up with you on it because this is really important and you're doing an excellent job. I really like the idea, you know, positive reinforcement. People are simple animals. And I don't care how many degrees you have, like positive reinforcement works. It works on you and it works on me. Uh, and yeah, catching people when they're doing a great job and, and, and leaning into that and, and sort of creating a, a picture in their own mind that, oh yeah, this is what my pet is and this is something that I'm good at. That, that helps later on. Yeah. All right. So when we get behind the eight ball, as as we we're not badly behind the eight ball, but but you can see where this is going, right? So yeah. Sadie's four years old. Her metabolism is not going to speed up. Uh, I I I have a pretty good uh, guess that there are some detrimental habits at home that will could could easily slide further, right? Like once we start once we start treating from the table. And from, you know, and from the kitchen cutting board, mm -hmm. uh, that's a slippery slope uh, from what I've seen. You know, people like it. And Sadie, of course, responds very positively. Of course. She's <laughs> super happy about this. They're getting, I mean, let's be honest, they're getting positive reinforcement from Sadie yeah. for slipping treats. Like, I love it when I give my dog a treat and he just celebrates and pounces around in a circle like a goofus. Like, it makes me very happy. We're, that's what we're kind of up against. And so we have to figure out how to, how, how do I reverse course before this gets out of hand? Yeah. So, and, and so, so getting back to Sadie with this. So let's, we, we, I, I believe if I'm, if I'm recalling correctly, we've reached the, 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 the topic, they push back a little bit. Um, yeah. They, you know, they, well, they, they like, they like making Sadie happy yeah, and she's yeah. super happy and she's not, you know, if, if it's a problem, then let me know. They're yeah. kind of, kind of in that and you go, well, you know, we're getting, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's where I also like to talk that our pets, I think they, they can tell that Sadie really wants to please them, wants to make them happy, likes to be happy around them and all that stuff. And animals push through pain so much, but us humans, we're babies, like the vast majority of us are babies, but animals want to push through pain. So, you know, let's say that Sadie, Sadie might be starting some arthritis with this extra weight that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's coming on. Um, and, and even if even if Sadie's not, we can tell them that, that this is going to be predisposing to arthritis, not even just the 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 physics of the abnormal weight. There are cytokines. There are um, there are molecules that are being pumped out at higher amounts from this adipose tissue that are actually encouraging the cartilage to be broken down. So that's mm -hmm. a problem. Um, so we can talk to that. And then and then just again, as I mentioned, you know, it's this narrative that they're fat and happy and they're they're happy for us. And these animals push through pain for us. And we mm -hmm. don't want them to do that. We don't want them to, to pretend to be happy for us um, or, or try and force themselves to be happy. So what I like to talk about is treats. Yes, absolutely. Treats are love, especially for a lab. I mean, they, they mm -hmm. definitely take that as, as something positive. You're paying attention to them. But but I, I think a lot of it, too, is paying attention. That's that's part of it, too. These animals want our attention doesn't necessarily have to be treats. So I think we need to let's shift how we how we show attention to Sadie. Does Sadie really like to get praises, a pat on the head, throwing something? If Sadie's a lab, you know she's going to want to retrieve something, I'm sure. Um, so just different different sorts of, of ways of showing love. Um, and, and we need to, what we need to do is figure out what ways Sadie feels loved or the way that the owners perceive Sadie feels loved. So currently they're yeah. perceiving that she feels loved with treats. Like, I'm what sure is that love? they would, I'm sure that they would agree that they sit down on the couch. Sadie loves to come up to them and pet them or, or sorry, um, uh, uh, loves when they pet her or yeah. when they're outside. Throw. So we just need to re, we need to fix the, the type of love that we're giving Sadie. Yeah. And that's, no, I, I think, like it. Yeah. That, that, that totally, no, that totally makes sense to me. 
Like what is what is Sadie's love language? What is her language of appreciation? Uh, and how do we how do we engage with that? I like that. I think that makes it that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I, and I've never thought you you said love language for dog. I didn't even that that's that's I think that's a perfect thing because a lot of people talk well, that, about that, love languages. That's the, and, thing, that's the thing. That's the thing. it reminds me of. Right? Yeah. Is like so. So I was talking to my wife. There's a, there's this book of like the five love languages. I have not read. That. There's a there's a business version called the Five Languages of Appreciation, which from what I can tell is the same book with a different cover on it. Uh, it's just it's just <laughs> but it just changes the examples to be work appropriate. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's what it is. But it's, you know, it's, it's things like, like service, you know, I, I, I do things for people that I care about yeah. or, or spending time. I spend time with people I care about or verbal uh, appreciation is, you know, telling people that they're appreciated and, and giving them verbal praise and, um, you know, physical touch and those sorts of things. And it's sort of like, there's the, there's these different things that resonate with different people. Um, with, I just, I, I think it's hard to argue with people that that food is love uh and there are some people like and what i would say i can hear the pet owner saying to me when i say we need to find sadie's love language like, i know what her love language is it's food i was like okay she's got a secondary love language too and we need to find that and lean heavily into that pun intended. and so that that makes sense to me yeah yeah so it's it's really i think that's that's the first um bit that that we start with and and just trying to retrain humans brains because as you said too they're getting positive reinforcement from their pet too um yeah. so that, yeah. that i mean that it's we, we're gonna we, we have to train it's this is training both the humans and and the pets as well so um and and, and what i'll say is if we even if i chat with owners and and we we try and figure out the secondary love language for the dog um if they're super reluctant to that Usually I like to try and figure out um, what are with, and this is, and we're not even talking about the getting into calories right now. This is just trying yeah. to try, it's just fix a, fix a habit. Um, if Sadie really likes the kibble that Sadie's being fed, let's take some of the kibble um, and, and Sadie's daily kibble amount, put it in a bag that the owners get to carry around. And that's how they treat. Like if Sadie doesn't care the, the difference between a kibble and a piece of cold cut or something that's coming yeah. off of the table, why does it matter to you? Like, we need to fix the human brain. Is it the human brain that's like, well, the kibble's the same thing she gets every day. If Sadie doesn't care, Sadie just wants your attention. <laughs> that's what Sadie wants. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a, I think that's a great point. I, I, I think that's a fantastic point. You know, the truth is, we're not talking about calories at all. But the truth is, if we don't if we don't fix the behavior, I, we're never going to you know th we're never going to win on calories. We we've got to talk to these people about what this means to them. Um, because if we can't if we can't get through to them in that way, like. We're never going to be able to wrestle the calorie count down when their behaviors are just undermining us at every step. Yeah. I think it's great. It's like, what is the line to achieve a celebration for Sadie? Yeah. And we want to, we want the lowest calories that get us over that line. I think that's great. You know, I still, um, you know, I still recommend, you know, vegetables, things like that. And people could really, it's like, Hey, look, if, if she loves her vegetables, then why would you not feed her vegetables yeah. like that? You know, I think the kibble is a great idea. It's funny. Uh, we can pull the fast one on Sadie. It's like, just put it in a different bag and she'll be so thrilled. Right. Like, <laughs> right. She's going to be like, this is the best thing ever. Look, it came out of a purple bag instead of the tub that mom and dad. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah this, yeah. Is this is a special one. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's, 
it's just treating their psyche, basically. Um, and then, you know, once we get past the treats, then we do need to talk or the, the habits, I should say, then we need to start talking yeah. about calories and KCALs and stuff. We would be, I'd be remiss if I didn't, if I didn't mention any of that. So, yeah, sure. um, so especially when, when they're starting to gain weight and if you've been able to look back at previous history, um, patient history and showing that say there was ideal weight a year ago or two years ago, that's when we need to start having this conversation, especially. So let's talk about what are you feeding. And this is, again, where your veterinary technician or your veterinary nurse can come in and finish this conversation. You can say, yeah. you know, we need to address Sadie's weight. Um, you guys were doing a great job before Sadie was looking great. She's she, we're getting a little heavy now. Let's try and figure out how we can just get Sadie a little bit back on track. And um, I'm going to have my uh, uh, Joe so-and-so, who's, who's our, our special nutrition um, uh, veterinary nurse, and they're going to come in and we're just going to get a little more information and, and talk about um, maybe what, what Sadie's being fed now and how we, can, how we can look at the calories that Sadie's bringing brought in and maybe, and, and maybe um, switch some of these, uh, switch some calories out with different things that are either no calories or less calories and that are still going to provide that really positive reinforcement with you and your relationship with, with Sadie. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that makes sense. So, so br- real quick, I, I guess sort of as we as we wrap up mm-hmm. the the KCAL conversation, mm-hmm. um, what points are you trying to? Because I, I I completely agree. I, I think I think I think a lot of people jump to talking about nutrition and calories when the truth is this is not a calorie conversation. This is a relationship conversation, right? This is I, this I would is argue a, that it's probably both. I would say it's okay. Both, but tell me, uh, it's, tell, me it's, tell me about that. Yeah. So you. So I. I, I still. I think it's. A, I, I always lean towards this is a relationship conversation of what it means to them to feed. T- tell. Tell me why you push back. Well, I guess uh, I let me let me push back a little bit and say I Please. may have jumped a little bit ahead. And may, can you explain why you'd say calories? You don't think it's a calorie <laughs> thing because let me because I'm I'm like well, you know I'm, now. I'm yeah. No. 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 Here, depending I, on what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess I guess the thing for me is um, I would say that generally this is not a conversation about, um, I don't think your pet is getting enough calories and you think that we do, or, or even about, Hey, uh, you should feed a low calorie food instead of the food that you're feeding. I, the, 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 the bat, and I found most pet owners are much more malleable in, in sort of what they feed than we give them credit for. They want a recommendation from us. They, they want advice on what to feed their pet. They don't, most of them are not willing to fight this battle. They just want to feed a good food that they can feel good about. They want to do a good job. And beyond that, I think that they're very open to our recommendations of what they want to feed. What they're less open to, I think, is, um, is stepping away from behaviors that make them feel good about themselves and about their relationship with their pet. And so I I think that I can talk to them all day about the type of food that we're feeding and the calories in the food. But if I don't talk to them about what feeding their pets treats means to them, you know what I mean? We can have them on, on the greatest weight loss food in the world and still lose the battle. And we have all done that. We have all shipped, you know, prescription weight loss diet out the door again and again to pets that are gaining weight and just been like, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. I I think that we probably won the the KCAL conversation and lost the relationship 
um, interaction with your pet conversation. I guess that's that's what I mean. Yep, and and that 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 I will one hundred percent agree with. I was gonna I was gonna say you know if we're not talking about like changing food to a lower calorie food and we still haven't necessarily addressed the full the full treaty thing, then that that so so uh, I will I will redact what I said. No, but but to your to your point, you know, I, to, am I am I wrong to have the idea that a lot of us kind of do these piddly recommendations that don't really make sense? I guess I guess what what, what pops in my mind is you know. I've talked with um, nutritionists on the show before and we talk about, uh, we'll be talking about soft stools or talking about diarrhea, things like that. And, uh, you know, I always ask about, you know, adding pumpkin or adding psyllium and they're always like, you know, you can do that. Uh, the truth is, if you switch to a high fiber food, you're going to do so much more as opposed to feeding something low fiber and putting some psyllium on top of it. Yeah. It's just night and day. It, it, would you agree with that sort of analogy as far as how we feed pets? I mean, are we kind of, uh, I don't know when we say you, you feed vegetables, but but don't change the food. Are we kind of spitting into the wind, or is that a viable approach? Uh, I I think we're spitting a little bit into the wind here because okay. again, uh, pet parents want that specific recommendation. So if you're mm -hmm. not giving, if you're not actually looking at what they're feeding and, and evaluating a little bit, because again, I 100% I agree we need to treat or, or address the the behavior. Because you're you're right. If you you could give a low calorie food. And if you feed a bunch of a low calorie food, you're still feeding high calories at the end of the day or cake house at the end yeah. of the day. So all that, all that is correct. Yeah. So, so I think, I think what we're missing is um, sometimes, and especially as time comes up, you know, you're, you're pressed for time in an appointment or again, a Sadie is, is just a little bit overweight, not necessarily obese. Weight loss is a journey. Um, it needs to happen. It needs to happen at a, at a, an adequate rate because we don't want it to happen too quickly. And obviously mm -hmm. if it's too slow, then pet parents just forget about it. So I think what we do is we give ambiguous or relatively ambiguous recommendations and we don't give something specific that the owners can follow. And that's really, we need to be specific. Even if it is, even if it is just a simple overweight conversation, we still need to be specific. If a doctor, if I went into my, in my, my primary care physician and they just were like, you know, just eat more fiber or something. If yeah. they just said eat more, what does that mean? Like, yeah. I would I, lie to I, myself. I, I'm going to go I would be like, yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally doing this. and eat a bunch of fiber that's in that, right? That, that, hey, that, yeah. That's not a good recommendation. So um, we still need to be, we still need to do our due diligence as, as the veterinary team and give these specific recommendations. So that still gets into what are you feeding and whatnot. That, that's a weakness of mine. I, I, I tend to say things like, all right, let's work on this. Or yeah, let's try to get this down a little bit. I, I think that's I think that's the thing I need to work on too is, is being more specific. What uh what kind of follow up do you recommend for this uh, BCS six to seven of nine dog? Are you getting them back in? You putting them on the scale? If so, when are you doing that? Biggest recommendations for for weight loss. I'm going to say very quickly. Um, always use the same scale um, if you can because there are okay. going to be vari variabilities within scale. And last thing you want is them to come into your clinic and weigh two pounds less and then go home and now they're two pounds more automatically and, and something like that. So um, trying to do the same, or using the same scale, um, same time of day, ideally before meal and after after going to the bathroom. So let's just set up the ideal time to take a weight, to, to, to look at weight. Um, because just with you and I, our weight fluctuates throughout the day, depending on if we've eaten, if we've chugged a bunch of water because we're really thirsty, something like that. Um, so I think that's important, but uh, initial follow-ups and, and again, for Sadie's case too, I would, I would also praise the owners, uh, or maybe not praise, but let them know we're starting this early. So this is going to be so much easier 
um, or, or this is going to be a lot easier than if we dealt with this a year or two yeah. down the road. Um, it's going to be easier on you. It's going to be easier on Sadie. Um, so again, just positive sort of reinforcement on that. And then coming in, I would I usually like to have rechecks um, two, uh, every two weeks, probably for like the first month, month and a half, depending on how successful the weight loss is going. If I feel like I've been able to change those habits, you know, checking in with the owners, um, seeing how everything's going at home with the, the, the new plan. If it seems like they're doing really well, you can start going out every month, every four weeks. And these can mm-hmm. these don't have to be in-person appointments either. So, no. um, oh. you know, you might want to open up your clinic for larger animals to bring the animals on to weigh them. But that's that they don't need to be there for an appointment. Um, that's, that's great. That makes that makes a ton of sense. I was going to say, I know a lot of people are like, look, we're so busy getting like, yeah. where do these appointments go? Yep. It, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Yeah. And you can even email. I mean, that that email gets into a whole like, how do you bill for that? And I would say I would if you're going to do a weight loss plan, build that into the structure if you're going to have email, because I think, as we all know, owners, you give them an email and that that kind of opens up an unlimited communication door for them. Um, so we need to make sure that there are boundaries set for that, I think, for everyone, uh, everyone's benefit, both veterinary health care team member and the pet parent, So they don't get frustrated by not hearing back if they're sending 12 emails a day and only hearing back once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with that. I, you know, there's um, I, using the clinic email for something like that is yeah. ideal, yeah. you know, so it's not a personal email. Yes. And then oh also, my gosh, please don't. Well, even, even a personal email is like Andy at, you know, mm, Andy's yeah. at hospital.com, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, using the clinic email. And then also that's one of the things I really like about clinic texting these days mm-hmm. is that you can send it from your own computer and it goes through the clinic text, you know, outlet. And when it comes back, it goes to the front desk and they can respond and say, we'll pass this message on to Dr. Rourke. You know, he'll generally responds within 24 to 48 hours. And, yeah. and you give, you know, you give that, you give them that feedback and set expectations. Yeah. Well, Mike, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking time. Thanks for talking through everything with me. Um, where can uh, where can people learn more? What sort of resources do you recommend for people who thought, oh, that's really good. I want to tighten these screws in my own practice. I'm a, I'm a technician who is uh, interested in sort of the nutritional advocate position that you talked about. So, I mean, Hills, we have, we have a really, we have a bunch of, of really great resources. Q, uh, the, the first um, quarter of, of every year now, we're going to start making our annual sort of weight loss campaign. Hills is really behind building and strengthening the quality of life and the relationship between pet and pet parents. Um, so we are really trying to get as many vets and, and vet um, hospitals and stuff on board with making sure that we keep pets ideal weight. So hillsvet.com. Um, has a lot of great tools. Uh, Quick Reco is really nice that Hills is set up. You know, you can even, um, you can provide visuals for pet parents um, showing graphs and whatnot, where weight's been, where we want to see weight going. Um, and and uh, Wasaba, I think externally outside of that, Wasaba is a really great um, uh sort of organization. And then ACVN, I'm pretty sure it's still running. I, I should have checked this earlier. Again, with, <laughs> with the College of Nutrition being put with now being incorporated in the College of Internal Medicine, I'm not sure what's going to happen to our our big website, but acvn.org um, can get you some some good information there. Um, and then further, I, let, one other thing that I would really I'd like to say too, even with these Sadie's cases, again, as we talked about positive reinforcement, setting up milestones or, or very attainable goals and emotional goals is going to be important. Like let's see Sadie fit into a Jersey of her, like the favorite team or something like that. Gotcha. And then also sending home super simple certificates, like just, just like, yay, Sadie met her, got her first goal and they can put it up on the, the refrigerator. I've had owners, pet owners send me a picture of their dog or cat next to their, their certificate. And they love it. So just something to that, keep them on board. That's so silly <clears throat> and simple. 
And I 100% believe it works. When you're saying that, I'm like, oh, you kind of blew my mind. Like, I I love those simple things. But man, people, people, people love a certificate. Mm -hmm. And they especially love an award for their pet. That that is awesome. I love Very seeing cool. a gold, a little, if, especially if I like a dog with a collar, if you can get them like a gold medal or something, once they reach their, their ideal weight that they can put on their collar and have them like, if you can find something like that, like pet owners eat this stuff up. Oh, well, that's <laughs> social media gold. Yeah, too. That's true, I yeah. mean, that's, that's, and I'll, I mean, your clinic newsletter, I mean, like mm-hmm. there's so much you can do with that. Yes. Oh man. Mike, thanks again for being here. I really appreciate you. Of course. Yeah, Andy, this was great. This was a lot of fun. I really hope that um, all your listeners learned some things. I know I learned some stuff from you, which is great. And, and hopefully you learned some stuff from me. I, I, I did as well. Great. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. And that is our episodes. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I uh, Thanks a lot to Dr. Robbins for being here. Thanks for Hills Pet Nutrition making this episode possible. Guys, I have taken the links from Mike and put them in the show notes. So you should have those there. Please check them out. Gang, take care of yourselves. And I will talk to you again soon.